0: Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. Hopefully guys this weekend was great. A lot to catch up on in BYU sports news. Two new commitments for BYU football. Plenty to catch up on there. A lot of BYU basketball news to catch up on. Also BYU sports news overall will catch up on as well as some thoughts on the passing of NBA legend Kobe Bryant. We'll step aside from the BYU side of things and talk about his impact and his legacy as well and how it might really to BYU in a way on today's podcast. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. Proud to be here with you guys each and every day. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get it going. This is Locked On Cougars for January 27th, 2020. (coughs) What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for The Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars here on Locked On Cougars. You can find this podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please download the show. Give us a favorable rating and review if you don't mind, and particularly... Don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode of this podcast as we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day wanted to start today's podcast and step aside from BYU Sports for a minute and talk about the impact and the legacy of Los Angeles Lakers legend Kobe Bryant. Uh, he passed away tragically yesterday at the age of 41 in a helicopter crash near Calabasas, California. He was on the way to a travel ball game with his daughter Gianna, who's 13 years old, who also perished in the crash along with seven other people. Uh, the head baseball coach of Orange Coast Community College with his wife and daughter also passed away, who were teammates of Kobe Kobe Bryant's daughters and it it hurt it it honestly hurt any of you guys who are basketball fans who have watched the NBA for as long as I have and I grew up in the era where Kobe Bryant played the majority of his career I was in grade school when he started out his career in 1996 as a high schooler from Lower Merion High School in, in Pennsylvania and joining the Los Angeles Lakers and I wrote a story for 1280thezone.com, the Zone Sports Network, kind of reflecting on what Kobe Bryant's legacy was to me and, I'm a young man. Like I said, I grew up in the Kobe Bryant generation. I'm in my early 30s, so I watched his career play out throughout my formative years. Like I said, he started playing basketball when I was in grade school. I watched him all through high school, through my collegiate years, and on into my professional career. I was in attendance at his last game here in Salt Lake City as he took on the Utah Jazz. I had made it a point of going to see him play before he ended his career and. I I didn't think that Kobe Bryant passing away would affect me as much as it has, and I think a lot. I speak for a lot of you when I say that here on this podcast, and. For me growing up, I, I think back to the era of Jimmer Fredette at BYU. And I still, to this day, you'll still hear it every so often. It's not as prevalent as it once was. But when you see a youth basketball game and you see some of these young players shooting shots from way beyond the three-point line, a lot of them will yell Jimmer because Jimmer Fredette would launch it from 40 feet out and drain it. And it became just a rallying cry or just something to say when you were shooting that shot. Well, I'm from the era where it was Kobe. You are shooting shots into a wastebasket. You were shooting baskets on on the court in your backyard, on on the uh, just wherever you were shooting baskets in the church building for those of you who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints playing church ball. I grew up in an era where yelling the word "Kobe" was synonymous with just draining shots, impressive shots, game winning shots, and I yeah, it just. It, 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 It hit me hard yesterday with that news of Kobe Bryant passing away, and I hope all of you guys understand that Kobe Bryant left an indelible mark on the NBA, the modern era of the NBA, basketball in general. Jimmer Fredette himself was affected by Kobe Bryant, I feel like, so well he even admitted it on Twitter yesterday so I I just look at the legacy of Kobe Bryant and wanted to step aside from it and talk just about the bigger impact of what Kobe Bryant meant to the sport of basketball. You saw it on social media yesterday. Everybody and anybody who was associated with Kobe Bryant was weighing in on it. I tweeted out yesterday, you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. If you want to know how big of an impact Kobe Bryant had in the sports world in general, my own mother, and my mother bless her heart, is not the world's biggest sports fan. I know it's weird to think that her son, who works in sports media, she's not a huge sports fan. She pays relative attention, but it's just not been her thing her entire life. But she texted me yesterday and said, did you hear about Kobe Bryant? And she said, I, I'll miss him. And I think that kind of shows how much, how big of an impact, how much of a crossover appeal that a guy like Kobe Bryant had in, the, in society in general. Uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Of course, him and his daughter Gianna Gigi uh, passing away in the in the crash, well, his wife Vanessa now has three other daughters she'll have to raise on her own, and my thoughts and prayers go out to the Bryant family and those close to the Bryant's. It's it's a tragedy, plain and simple. It's just so sad, and I know that we're talking BYU sports on this podcast, but I think Kobe Bryant he does have that appeal, that crossover appeal that appeals to all demographics. So, uh, like I said, my my thoughts and prayers go go out to the Bryant family at this time, it's a, it's a time of mourning, plain and simple. And I think that Kobe Bryant leaves a legacy on sports at BYU, in the NBA, in college basketball in general, just everywhere and anywhere that he crossed over and impacted people, there's an impact being left there with his loss. So I wanted to just start off today's podcast talking about the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant. And for me, A lot of people can think of Jimmer being synonymous with deep shots, big shots and call in basketball games. For me, it'll always be Kobe because something that I yelled, I'm sure many of you listening to this podcast yelled that as well. So rest in peace to Kobe, Bean, Bryant, and his daughter Gianna, as well as the seven other people who perished in that crash. And they're not far from our thoughts and our prayers, I don't think, at least today in particular and hopefully going forward, we can remember the impact he had as an athlete just in society in general but also just in the sports world at large. All right, we'll step aside. We'll talk a little bit more about BYU sports. We'll get back into the BYU groove of things. Two commitments for the BYU not BYU basketball, BYU football program coming this past weekend. We'll talk about them and my thoughts on what they might be able to do in a BYU uniform. Coming up here in a minute. We'll also catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news as today's podcast rolls on as well. A reminder for you guys: you guys can listen to this podcast real easy. You don't have to lift a finger to do it. Tell your smart device uh, play podcast locked on Cougars. When I say smart device, that includes your smartphone, your smart speaker. So if you're making your commute to or from work, you're doing your honey-do list, driving errands around town, or you just got some downtime at the house, or you're working on a project around the house, tell your smart speaker or smartphone, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and that way you always stay up to date with all the latest in BYU sports news as we aim to be your one-stop shop, like I said, in the open. For all the BYU sports news, you need to know each and every day. All right, guys. BYU football hosted a number of prospects on official visits and unofficial visits over the weekend and the second-to-last recruiting weekend ahead of National Signing Day on February 5th. And the good news is that BYU picked up two commitments yesterday that were announced on social media. Let's start off with Kyle Vassoff from Carlsbad, California and Carlsbad High School. A 6'3", 220-pound linebacker prospect from Carlsbad, California put a lot of stats up in his time at Carlsbad. Uh, Rated either mainly a two-star recruit by most uh, national rating services. The 24-7 Composite Index has him at 79. And uh, I think that Kyle Vassa, being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he'll be a preferred walk-on, it sounds like, as he comes to BYU after a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, excuse me. I probably should finish that statement there. But uh, I think Vassal's got the type of talent to be the next great walk-on linebacker for BYU if he develops the way that BYU expects him to. Uh, think of a guy like a Peyton Wilgar in terms of size, talent, and ability. If he develops after his mission, I'm telling you, Vassal could be a, a, a steal as a preferred walk-on joining the BYU football program. I'm excited to see what he, what he can do. I think it times out well for a kid like this because BYU's linebacking core right now extremely young you still have a bunch of guys who are freshmen and sophomores who are contributing at an extremely high level for BYU this past season and they're still going to be there two years from now but they will be upperclassmen at that point and they'll be trying to replace the talent the bevy of talent that BYU deals with right now at the linebacking core and Vassar in theory fits in nicely at that point in 2022-2023 when most of these current linebackers for BYU are moving on in their football careers moving on from BYU. So congratulations to Kyle Vassal. It's a big I think addition for BYU. It adds to what already is a pretty strong uh, walk-on contingent of BYU athletes and I think this is a a kid in Vassal who can definitely be an impact player if he continues to develop and shows what he can do after a mission. So I'm excited to see what he can do in a BYU uniform and congratulations to him on his commitment. He announced that yesterday on social media. The other big commitment yesterday, and this one I think has got potential to pay off big time, is Jake Griffin from Red Mountain High School in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, a six foot six, two 260-pound athlete. And when I th- look, watch Jake Griffin play football, and I've made this comparison uh, previously on the podcast, I believe, is I look, feel like I'm watching a young Brady Christensen play football. And Brady Christensen, as I've said to you guys, I felt like when he signed with BYU was just an afterthought, uh, just a, a guy guy who was filling a scholarship for BYU, but he's blossomed to being one of the top linemen in the entire country. And it's fantastic to see. He was a skinny, a tall prospect coming out of Bountiful High School. Speaking of Brady Christensen, and has now blossomed into a six foot six, three hundred pound left left tackle who has got sweet feet and the ability to lock down the blind side of BYU's quarterbacks and make sure they can they don't have to worry about a guy coming around on their blind side and getting them. And that's the fun thing to see about a guy like this. And when I look at Jake Griffin, I think BYU potentially has their next guy like a Brady Christensen and now committed. Uh, Griffin expected to go on a mission as well for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints before enrolling at BYU, but if he develops and puts on the requisite weight coming back off of his mission and plays at BYU, I think he has got every bit the ability to be an impact tackle for BYU. Uh, He's going to have to come back, get back into shape, obviously, but when you have the offer list that this young man had, teams like Arizona, Oregon State, Washington State, Indiana bunch of p5 programs had uh reached out offered him scholarships and he had visited those programs he decided to sign with byu i think this is a solid pickup for byu's offensive line for however long jeff grimes and eric mateos are are at byu working and the hope is that they're that they're here long term obviously because i think they've proven to be very adept evaluators of talent and being able to um I guess figure out what they need from their BYU offensive line group. I think a guy like Jay Griffin picking up prospects like this are going to become more of the norm for BYU football. I feel like the offensive line for BYU over the next two seasons in particular, essentially the time that Jay Griffin, you would expect him to be out, and he might miss one more season pending when he ultimately goes on his mission. But when he comes in, He's going to have an opportunity to learn for some, from some of these younger offensive linemen at BYU who are really growing with this unit. I feel like BYU's offensive line going into 2020 is legitimately 12 to 13 to 14 players deep that have that could start at any given time in their BYU career. I just feel like there's a ton of talent out there for BYU and now this year this offensive line as long as it stays healthy is truly I think going to be the strength of BYU's football program. That's the exciting part about it. We just watch uh, this unit develop over the years and we've watched it to this point. Guys like James Empey, Brady Christensen you can look at guys like Tristan Hodge, uh, Kiefer Longton on social media posted a bunch of pictures of his love for football. Uh, Blake Freeland, a true freshman who did what he did in the latter half of the season last year. Those five alone, they're going to be great talents, have, it looks like potential NFL futures on the horizon for all of them. But even deeper than that, you can go deeper into that group. Keanu Saleh, Apaga, Chandon Herring. You look at just the list of linemen BYU has right now. It's very talented. And I feel like a guy like Jake Griffin fits right into the mold of what BYU wants in terms of being an elite offensive line factory, bringing back kind of the, how do I describe it? The the factory that it was once upon a time during the 1980s and 1990s when they were sending offensive linemen to the NFL each and every year. The last time BYU had an offensive lineman selected was in 2005. It was Scott Young, and he was selected by Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles. It's been almost, it, it's been 15 years since BYU had a guy drafted in the NFL as an offensive lineman. I think that changes next year when you see guys like James Empey who probably would come out after his redshirt junior season, and you also look at a guy like Brady Christensen probably after a mission deciding, I'm going to leave a year early. Those guys should be drafted, I feel like, in next year's draft class. I think that starts off a conveyor belt, you hope, that eventually a guy like Jake Griffin, if he develops as BYU's coaches expect him to, he could become the next guy three, four, five years down the road that's drafted into the NFL, and it just becomes a self-feeding machine for BYU where they get back to just uh, building talent in the offense in the trenches with the offensive line it just continues to be, to churn out talent and each and every year and hopefully I'm making sense I'm I'm laboring on here and I apologize for that but I look at the commitment of a guy like Jake Griffin, and I think it's just the start, and that's the hope, it's just the start, that these young men that come into the BYU football program, they start a cycle where their talent begets new talent who sees what they're doing in a BYU uniform and comes in as recruits and continues that cycle. I think BYU is on the cusp of starting something here with Kalani Satake, as well as that BYU offensive staff with Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos along the offensive line, and the hope is that their talent evaluation continues to hit more often than it misses, and you start seeing this talent go to the NFL, and that just starts a conveyor belt of guys who are like, okay, I can go to BYU, I can be successful, I can make it to the NFL from that place, and that's what I want to do, and that's why I'm going to go be a Cougar. That's what you hope to see from the BYU football program. It takes time to make that happen once again. It's been a long time since BYU was an NFL talent factory, and there are coaches who have come and gone from BYU that have let, have contributed to that issue, but I feel like BYU is on the cusp of starting something big here, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. So congratulations once again to Kyle Vassal, as well as Jake Griffin on their commitments to BYU. Another big recruiting weekend coming up this weekend. We'll talk about guys like Scotty Edwards from Olympus High School expected to be on official visits to BYU. We'll break that down as it gets a little bit closer as well. All right, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, if you've been a listener to Locked On Cougars, I'm sure you've heard all of the great advertisers working with us here on the podcast. For example, we had Deseret First Credit Union. We've had guys uh, all over the podcast talking about pest control issues with All Guard Pest Control and the like. But you may not know that Locked On Cougars is a great way for your local business to reach passionate BYU fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, and they're not just any podcast listener. They're a locked-on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Cougar fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on Locked On Cougars. Local fans love to support local businesses. I can tell you that much is true. I like to do that myself. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit advertising, and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help you achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you and working with you here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. The NCAA tournament is almost here. All right, guys, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, let's catch up on BYU Women's Gymnastics to start off. As they set a program high, at least since 2004, with a 197.075 score. It's the highest, like I said, they've scored since 2004 in a win over Southern Utah Friday night at America First Event Center in Cedar City, Utah. So, congratulations to Guard Young and his program. As I've said to you guys multiple times, it's cool to see what Guard Young is building here at BYU. He wants to build an NCAA tournament contender in Provo. Obviously, the big dog in the state is the University of Utah. The Red Rocks have really dominated the local scene when it comes to gymnastics, but the hope is you see a guy like Guard Young who has had Olympic success. He's had a great individual career and team career in a BYU uniform. He can build this with women's gymnastics and this is a fantastic showing for the women's team to go down to southern Utah and beat the Thunderbirds head-to-head. They'll be back in action coming up this weekend as they head to Extra Mile Arena in Boise, Idaho, to take on Boise State in Mountain Gymnastics Conference action. That'll be Friday at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. On another one note for you, is the congratulations to Abby Minor. She uh, earned the third all around title for the third time this season in just three meets for BYU Women's Gymnastics. That's awesome to see. So, congratulations to her on winning that title individually. All right, on to other things. BYU Men's Volleyball stayed undefeated on the season with another four set victory. Over number five, UC Irvine. The Cougars uh, won this match 28 30, 27 25, 25 17, 27 25. So a hard fought battle, a lot of extra points throughout those sets. But BYU stays undefeated at 8 0 with the victory. They should stay at number two in the country. I'm sure they'll start garnering first place votes in the new polls as they come out. But awesome to see BYU men's volleyball just doing what they want. And it's cool to see. They're back home hosting number three, UC Santa Barbara. Barbara in a pair of matches at the Smith House this coming weekend, they'll be Friday and Saturday. Friday at seven o'clock, Saturday at six o'clock at the Smith Fieldhouse. You can get your tickets at BYUtickets.com. Both matches will also be televised live on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Should be a fun weekend of BYU volleyball action coming up with number two versus number three. I think it should be a, a crazy couple of nights down there in Provo. On to women's basketball. Four different players scored in double figures as the Cougars down Santa Clara 71-48 to 48 in West Coast Conference action in the Marriott Center on Saturday. So congratulations to women's basketball. They're starting to roll here. Like I said, they're building some momentum here. And they're starting to find their groove on offense. And it's really cool to see what BYU is doing now after a slow start to the season. Very uneven start. And it's nice to see them rounding into form as West Coast Conference play rolls on. Hopefully they can keep it up. They're back in action. Thursdays they take on Portland in the Child Center up there in Portland, Oregon. Tip-off set for eight o'clock Mountain Time, seven o'clock Pacific Time, and the game will be streamed online on the WCC network. If you want to watch it there, couple of the notes notes for you guys. Men's and women's track and field. Congratulations to All-American Whitney Orton. She shattered BYU's indoor all-time record in the mile run by nearly five seconds. And in, in the in the track and field world, five seconds is almost an eternity. She set a time of 4:29.76. And are in the top mark in the NCAA, the Dr. Sander Invitational on Saturday. It's fantastic to see another athlete in a BYU uniform setting a program record and just shattering the previous record. That's fantastic to see, and congratulations to Whitney Orton as well as the rest of the women's and men's track and field teams. They're headed to the UW invite in Seattle, Washington this coming weekend. they will be Friday and Saturday up there in Seattle. And one final note for you guys, the men's golf team, and if you haven't paid attention to men's golf at all, you probably want to start paying attention. They are the number four ranked team in college golf right now. They off their spring season today and tomorrow at the North Ranch Country Club in Westlake Village, California. Bruce Brockbank's team absolutely loaded this year. They have the top overall player in the country right now, senior Peter Kest. He's the number one ranked NCAA golfer by Golfstat. His fellow senior, Rhett Rasmussen, is number 19th nationally and sophomore Carson Lundell is number 211 in the Golfstat ranking. So BYU men's golf Looking to make some noise this spring season to get ready for the NCAA tournament. The hope is that they can make the NCAA tournament this year and make it further than they have the past two seasons where they've bowed out after the stroke play portion of the tournament. They want to make the match play and hopefully even win a national title. they got some talent right now. It's exciting to see what they're doing. We'll have that update for you on how they do in the first two rounds tomorrow here on the podcast. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Once again, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Kobe Bryant family. Uh, BYU basketball, obviously, a lot of guys tweeting out about that. They uh, lost to San Francisco 83 to 82. If you want more of my thoughts on that, you can go back to the previous podcast, the postcast edition of BYU basketball, but just to sum it up, I feel like BYU had, I guess what I'll call a mulligan in conference play, and a team like San Francisco is not their typical selves in terms of being just that the the loss that dooms you when it comes to not making the NCAA tournament. BYU can't afford to probably have another one of these losses like they had at San Francisco on Saturday. But uh, according to Ken Palm, KenPalm.com, Ken Palm raised ratings Saturday night after the loss for BYU men's basketball. They only dropped from number 21 to number 22 in his rankings. So that shows that, yeah, a loss hurts you a little bit, but a loss to a team like San Francisco, who is 15-7 on the season now, a very talented team in their own right, it's not going to hurt nearly as bad as it would have maybe two or three years ago. So not the good thing for BYU is now you look forward, you understand, hey, we got to play better. You can't give up 32-5 to extended runs. You can't give up a 21-0 run when you have a 14-point lead in the second half. You hope that carries on as they now get ready to face off against both Pepperdine and St. Mary's at home this weekend. We'll have more coverage for you of that all week long as it gets you ready for those games. But I think the biggest thing is, is that BYU just needs to take care of business at this point, And they should have an opportunity to win more games, but more importantly, make the NCAA tournament and end that NCAA tournament drought that's been at BYU and kind of been a big black eye for the BYU basketball program for some time now so if you want more thoughts on that game go back to my postcast edition I put up on Saturday, we can talk a little bit more about that, we'll have more BYU basketball coverage as well as all the rest of the BYU sports you need to know about each and every day we'll be back tomorrow, Hope you guys all have a great Monday hopefully your work week is off to a great start and we will talk to you soon this has been Locked On Cougars for January twenty seventh, 2020